Hello, my name is Andrea Carpenter. I'm the director of Women Talk Real Estate and I'm delighted to be hosting this new podcast series from the Urban Land Institute. ULI brings together real estate and land use experts from around the world with a mission to shape the future of the built environment and to make transformative impact in communities. And this podcast will focus on the future and that transformative impact. ULI's European Young Leaders Group recently selected 10 outstanding contributors to the industry, hailing them as the new real estate vanguard. These are people in the early years of their career who have already demonstrated entrepreneurial flair or shaken up the corporate world. We'll use these podcasts to hear from each of them about their story, what brought them to real estate and how they are disrupting our industry. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Adam Targoski, Environmental Director for Skanska Commercial Development Europe. Adam already has an impressive track record environmental sustainability and is well placed to share with us how priorities for sustainability are changing and what challenges lie ahead as we tackle climate risks and move towards net zero. Adam, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. That's an honour to be selected one of the ten. Thank you. That's great. No, you're well deserved. And as I said, I think you've already got quite a strong track record in sustainability, so have been at the vanguard of this for a long time. So was it always going to be a career choice for you to be in the environmental world? I wouldn't say that uh, that I wanted to be a firefighter when I was a kid. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's something common because I simply don't remember what I wanted to do um, when I was a kid. But, uh, but starting being aware of my... Um, life expectations i would say that it was that everything was something related to engineering management and then it, it clarified uh into into the building sector and real estate so um, so i would say for for quite many years uh, uh i'm i'm consequently developing in in this direction i would say it's it started when i took uh, my master in denmark uh, at, at DTU in Copenhagen, where uh, where sustainability agenda is for many years very well developed, so uh, that that was very inspiring experience. And uh, and after that, uh, I took the decision to to come back to Warsaw, Poland, and uh, and since then I'm I'm very much um, involved into different sustainability related activities. I mean, even though that was just probably a few years ago now that you came that way, I mean, environmental sustainability must have been quite new then. You must have been like the new kid on the block, you know, with all these new ideas that you wanted to do, but the industry maybe wasn't quite listening at that time. Um, definitely, that, that was the case when it comes to being the, the new kid on the block. But but I wouldn't say that uh, that it was the time when when no one was listening. Actually, that, that was one of the things that made me uh, uh, that that helped me to to take this decision to come back, because I saw a great potential to uh, to come back to Central Europe and uh, and develop as a as a consultant, develop a, a consulting company, as it was something uh, not very common but seemed to be uh, emerging soon. And, and can you tell us a bit about the scope of your role within Skanska, you know, to drive that um, environmental sustainability agenda? I would say it's, it's, it's very broad because uh, the, the title is, is related to, to environmental sustainability, but, uh, but I would say it's, it's much broader. So I, I can I can divide it into, uh, into four elements, mm -hmm. uh, basically. So... Um, so the the first uh, the first thing is is the technical part of it. So implementation of uh, of all the new standards, 
new solutions, including innovative solutions and, and development of these solutions, certifications such as lead well uh, and recently well health safety rating into into the organization and a lot of work that is ongoing on climate targets so becoming climate neutral company from this technical perspective so to say mm. so that, that's that's one of the elements uh, of uh, of uh, my work and the work of my team another element is, is related to, to to more social part so uh, making sure that we are a good neighbor while uh, uh, while developing our projects so um, we uh, consider ourselves as, as the ones that are developing the parts of the city. So it has to be very well connected with the city in, in, in uh, different meanings. So, um, so the team is supporting uh, also that, uh, that I would call it more human and, uh, and the social part of, uh, of development. Then uh, the imp very important part is, uh, is actually educating the market because from, from Central European market standpoint, I would say that uh, we are definitely at the forefront. So, um, so to avoid situation like the one that you mentioned, being the, the one with great ideas that no one wants to listen, mm. uh, we are consequently... Uh, we're consequently working on, on raising the bar and uh, and sharing our reflections, sharing our experience in, in, in bringing new sustainability-related uh, uh, elements to, to real estate industry. So that's, that's, I would say, huge and very important part of, uh, of the job. And uh, it involves um, investment uh, investors, it involves tenants, and it involves... Uh, Public authorities, so uh, so that's uh, very broad, uh, very broad activity. And then, last but but not least, I would say uh, is uh, becoming compliant with uh, emerging, especially recently, international regulations and expectations. Uh, so we're listed in Stockholm, and, uh, and that brings also some um, some expectations. From, from the stock market to um, to drive this agenda and to have it all in place within the organization. Yeah, and I so think very very broad. Yeah, and that's what I think you've just demonstrated about how broad this topic is. And so, how do you, as someone who kind of leads on this in Central Europe, how do you kind of take priorities in terms of what needs the most attention? It has to be very much aligned with the trends, I would say, and uh, and um, we have to. From one standpoint, we have to keep the momentum and uh, and create it. Uh, from the other standpoint, we need to definitely react to what's going on around us. Uh, it is uh, real estate is very much interlinked between, uh, as mentioned, capital markets, tenants markets, so the employment market and the, and the employees. So uh, especially when it comes to office buildings. Um, that we're in, um, so uh, so we're we're navigating uh, having all these things uh, in uh, uh, taking into account all these things. So uh, so I would say uh, the environmental part is is all the time present. Mm. Uh, just the the the, prior, the the priority within the environmental part is is slightly changing. So. When I started my career, there was a huge focus on energy efficiency, 
Yeah. And, and that was um, something very important. Uh, then uh, it was that, that some shift from, uh, from this energy only into more multi-criteria looking into uh, into development has has been started and that's not only for real estate but uh, but definitely broader now this climate agenda is is something that is uh, very much emerging climate targets climate mm. neutrality so um, so we're in it yeah and it's yeah so you say it's become a much more complex picture now compared to you know the energy efficient getting the certificates and things like that so i mean do you think the industry is pivoting quickly enough to address some of those climate risks that are now coming at us quite quickly i would say there is a lot of things going on and, and a lot of initiatives and uh, what i'm very happy uh, about that uh, there is uh, transformation within the uh, financing part ongoing so uh, so I would say that, that that was always kind of maybe not missing element but but the element that that not always was supporting the transformation right. at the moment as uh, as there are increasing expectations from uh, from investors uh, it's it's something that is really supporting this this transformation so I think that that we're kind of in the beginning of uh, of uh, something big that will uh, that is starting and something that will uh, definitely accelerate uh, in in next years uh, so um, especially when this when it comes to this uh, climate aspects that are very complex so what do you see would you see as the main barriers to making progress in this area you know this is going to cost money and it is going to take returns down a bit for investors but it's necessary you know, is that one of the limiting factors or is it the fact that we're trying to do it in isolation without other industries also limiting? I would say that it's uh, it's not about or, or losing money on that. I, I, I would say that it's it's more about the mindset and mm. uh, and um, and the part of uh, the, the real estate that is, uh, I would say, huge risk aversion. So uh, if you look on, on investing money, then by, by by its nature it, it's one of the safest ways of investing money and that that's in a, in a contradictory to i would say rapid progress mm. uh, because uh, t- typically rapid rapid progress or, or innovation we can call it like this requires some more risk and uh, and that, that that's that's the element or, or that's the link that uh, that used to make it a long and slow process but at the moment as, as i mentioned there is a lot going on when it comes to non-financial disclosure expectations from from investors from shareholders so definitely it's it's something that is changing and uh, i think it won't be stopping yeah it, it, it won't stop it uh, anymore it will be supporting the the transformation so it's when those social outcomes meet those economic outcomes and they have to both be satisfied in that way yeah definitely of course of course there has to be always business case so uh it's it i i don't believe that it can ever be uh something that is out of it or it's killing the business case because with no business case, there will be no development. Mm. It's just a matter of finding the the proper one and 
putting things together in the in the right way to not to stop it. And and being at the forefront of change, how do you provide leadership on this topic at the moment? What are you talking about to different stakeholders and internally within your company? It is critical to uh, to speak, I would say, simple language, and uh, and uh, and that's something I I always repeat that we need to find a simple way to explain what what we'd like to do. So um, I wouldn't uh, I, I would say that another thing is to to really tailor the message and and show uh, how it affects different stakeholders, and. Uh, and at the moment, um, as I uh, as I mentioned a while ago, when it comes to uh, when it comes to money, and, uh, and when it comes to investments, it seems that there is no other way at the moment. Mm. So that that uh, that became a way easier than it used to be because uh, if you don't have uh, if you don't have this uh, hygiene factor that seems to be uh, clarifying at the moment when it comes to investing in. In green properties, in innovative, uh, low-carbon solutions, uh, then you you need to uh, show the profit or the uh, or the or the savings that, that it brings. Uh, when, when it comes when it comes to uh, when it comes to tenants, for instance, I, I mentioned that it is very much related to employment market, so the employees' expectation. And that is very much related to uh, to the world trends and uh, and people willing to work within the within the environment that is not harmful for the environment, not harmful for climate, that is uh, addressing these challenges. So so from the tenants' perspective, uh, the, the the whole thing is is very much driven by expectations of their employees. So again, it seems that there is. No other way than than to address these elements, and uh, and I would say that uh, that uh, last but not least, but the uh, the uh, the city or or the uh, or the, so the city uh, leadership. public mm, yeah, public city sector, leadership yeah. or the public authorities uh, are also the ones seeing this transformation and the ones seeing this this uh, common. Uh, expectation from people that something will happen about it. So, uh, so th- th- those are the uh, those are the elements I'm using. We're using to to indicate uh, uh, why we should do this and uh, and what's the way we should choose. Yeah, and you you mentioned kind of those different stakeholders, and I wonder if you feel like as an industry we're taking an integrated enough approach. Should we be having a wider conversation about cities rather than our individual buildings? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very valid point. That is definitely one of the uh, key success factors to, to to have this dialogue and to uh, and to look on the bigger scale while planning. But in the same time, uh, it is something that uh, that has to happen on the on the let's say local level mm. or the single property level because obviously we need to plan bearing in mind the, the the whole quarter or the district and then the city and and it should be planned and aligned and uh, and in some way uh, it would be good if it's incentivized uh, but but in the same time the, the the job is to be done on the on the single building level and when we look at the at the single building level 
um, there is another level of integration required because uh, because building is uh, is erected using different materials, different uh, solutions, technologies. So um, so it's it's not only about integration when it comes to real estate. Uh, and let's say construction sector, but it's very much about the integration of the whole value chain, whole supply chain from from uh, ore to to the beam in the building. So so I would say there are, there are different uh, different angles of this integration that are very much needed. That are uh, that uh, there are different elements to to that we need to think about to make it happen. And uh, as it was mentioned, there are different industries involved. Mm. And, uh, and another critical thing is to, to have this uh, different inter industries uh, cooperating. I think that the very good uh, and almost self-explanatory uh, is uh, what we call circular economy. Using again the, the example of the steel beam that we need to, uh, to to develop the structure of the building, this steel can be the raw material, and then it's obviously very bad for the environment to be used. But at the same time, if if we can use steel from you know, the car that is uh, disassembled or or some or some other uh, elements that we have already used. Uh, then it, it it can create totally different story. Adding to that energy from renewable from renewable sources, we can really make a lot of things uh, that are in, in with totally different as, uh, impact with a way lower impact. So so that's something that we should look for because there is a lot of things around us, and uh, not everywhere we need to wait for some. Mm. spectacular innovations yes it's really interesting about re recycling that type of materials isn't it because i think one of the less straightforward issues that the industry has to deal with is that embodied carbon in things like building materials and i wonder you know skanska is obviously known as being a contractor and a developer i wonder if you as a company as on that construction side of the industry is making headway in that and whether you think that will be something that we'll tackle better in the next few years yeah, definitely. We're, we're uh, very much on that. We we have um, committed to become climate neutral by 2045, and uh, and this climate target um, is also covering these parts of the the value chain, the the supply chain, and uh, and that, that that's why I've been that's why I've been sharing that I see it critical to cooperate. So um, so we are very much involved in the supply chain, and uh, we're cooperating with uh, many companies. And uh, recently, uh, with uh, with this climate target, I would say that we, uh, in, in some cases already, in some cases we're still working on that. Uh, we have elevated this this cooperation to another level, of looking so for for solutions and developing solutions that we will be able to to introduce to projects, and uh, in the same time sometimes be a test field for uh, for producers. So to to introduce new product products to the market, products with a lower environmental footprint, uh, because uh, as as mentioned, building and real estate industry is uh, is very uh, risk averse. Mm. So um, so th this is something that uh, definitely needs to happen. Like th this this uh, risk aversion has to be 
tackled on, I would say, uh, local solution level. Because that, that's something that, uh, that can help and that can let this climate journey to, to speed up and, uh, and to uh, reduce carbon footprint of the whole industry. Otherwise, uh, I would say it's, uh, it's very difficult. That's why we're, we're very much focusing on that at the moment. Yeah, I think it's great that you want the industry to be bold and, and less risk averse. And, and, and I think that's definitely one way. I think the other side is more investment in innovation. Are you kind of hopeful that innovation will plug some of the challenges that we have? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the great examples uh, is uh, our cooperation with Saldo Technologies. That's the company that has developed perovskite solar cell. So uh, that, that, that's the technology that is actually enabling uh, huge uh, possibilities when it comes to energy production in cities. As we know, that traditional photovoltaics works very well while properly exposed to the sun. And that is rarely the case in the cities because we have high density of, of buildings. So buildings are, are, uh, are shading each other. Uh, so that's one of the challenges. And another challenge is related to the fact that uh, the roof area is typically uh, a small share of the, of the building usable area. So even if we can cover the whole roof with the photovoltaics, it's, it's definitely not enough. So this perovskite mm. solar cells can, uh, can be attached to the facade. So uh, by orders of magnitude, uh, greater area, and uh, it works very well with uh, not direct sunlight. So uh, I'm, I'm mentioning that because uh, I believe that, that this solution will, uh, to great extent, uh, tackle the challenge that we have at the moment with uh, operational carbon footprint related to, uh, mm. to electricity and its consumption. And, uh, um, and that's definitely something that needs to happen on a, as I mentioned, on a building scale. In the same time, there is transformation, of course, needed in the energy system. But, uh, but uh, without innovations, I'm sure we, we cannot become climate neutral. No. And do you spend quite a lot of your time looking at innovation, trying to keep up on what's happening in the universities and coming out of some of these companies that are looking at climate change? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so we, we, we have, uh, we have uh, multiple arrangements with, with different companies, uh, universities uh, to be one step ahead, so to say. We're, we're not the one that, that can risk in all fields, of course. So, uh, so uh, we're not going to be the, the laboratory, but, uh, but this systemized approach let us uh, test different solutions in different projects. So then we can we can manage this risk and and uh, while something is um, is working well and meets the expectations, we have great opportunity to scale it up mm. and uh, and move forward. So that's that's part of the job looking for for these technical solutions. And you mentioned Scott, one of the pillars of what you do is that social sustainability side, being a good company that's working in the communities. Um, do you think your role will evolve? towards more social sustainability, you know, as that's becoming a bit more of a critical issue for the industry at the moment? I would say we, we're very much there already. 
So, um, so I think that that looking at the at the social aspects from different angles, we uh, we are pretty good. When it comes to being a, a good neighbor and having the local impact, we're putting a lot of effort to uh, to make this happen. When it comes to uh, when it comes to our employees, uh, it is very well organized and uh, companies is taking care of a lot of aspects of employees' well-being and uh, employment conditions. And, uh, and it applies also to, to contractors, subcontractors. There is a lot of regulations that we implement that, uh, that has a strong focus on that. Uh, not, not, uh, not to forget about uh, environmental, environment health and safety. Mm. That is our top priority as, uh, in, in, in our sites. So we put really a lot of attention to, to having uh, to, to, to work safe or, or not at all. So, so I would say in, uh, fr- from different perspectives, uh, we have it already quite well organized. Now, just coming back to you, I mean, you've spent time at Skanska, then you left and then you came back. And in between, I think you ran your own company for a while. What, was, um, what were you thinking then and why have you kind of come back? Is there, is there a bigger impact that you can make within Skanska? Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's it's quite funny story because uh, I joined uh, being uh, an ambassador for Skanska at, at, at my technical university, and then I was about to uh, to start in one of the projects, but the project got delayed. So uh, so uh, instead of starting, I I started my master in in Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, and then this project was started while when I was there. Uh, so. Uh, so, so uh, bearing in mind the fact that I, I was in the course of the of the master, uh, I decided not to stop it, but but to complete it. Uh, so, so the the project was started with someone else basically, and uh, and uh, so so I kind of missed uh, missed this opportunity, but uh, and um, and then I, when I decided to come back and to to start my uh, my own consulting. Uh, I was uh, one. I was working with Skanska as one of my clients, so uh, <laughs> so that was that, that was another place where uh, where our roads crossed, and uh, and after after some time, uh, I kind of caught a wave uh, because there was uh, increasing interest in in sustainability. Mm. Uh, so I joined the company, and uh, and the reason I I, I did it was. Uh, was the the fact that I was sure that that's a great place to to develop, to grow, and uh, in the same time uh, that's uh, that's the the great place to have an impact as uh, as you mentioned. So uh, so personally growing, uh, I'm able to to have an impact to change something, and uh, as this is something that is driving me uh, very much. Uh, I, uh, I'm sure it was good decision. Yeah, and you're based in Warsaw. You um, look um, oversee the Central European region there. How do you see that region doing in terms of its sustainability versus other parts of Europe? Are they ahead? Are they about the same? Are they behind in terms of you know their F- sustainability efforts? I would say that, that there is a great dynamic. Uh, there is a lot of things going on and. Uh, and it's uh, very difficult, if if not impossible, to to answer it's behind or it's ahead because sustainability is is such complex uh, term that uh, that you will uh, always find some elements that are ahead, 
and uh, and uh, some elements that are lagging a little bit. And I would even say that if you look only on CE, um, even between the countries, there are uh, there are uh, quite significant differences. So uh, so I would say uh, what is interesting, uh, for instance, is uh, is the number of uh, of certificates, third party certificates such as LEED. Uh, and, and BREAM, and uh, when it comes to the number of certificates, Central Europe is, uh, is absolutely on the top. Mm. So I would say there is a lot of things going on. Definitely the, the quality and all the sustainability aspects are in place. So uh, so the, the, there, is no, there is no simple answer. What I can say is uh, uh, that, that really comparing our projects uh, with the projects from, from different countries, that we're present and, uh, and we're analyzing, I would say uh, we have a really good uh, quality. And when it comes to this sustainability metrics, uh, we are we're performing very well. Now, you've obviously been linked or working for Skanska most of your career. So um, how do you feel about where your career might go next in terms of um, what you want to be doing in the industry? As I mentioned, what what drives me very much is uh, is uh, building something new and the impact, transforming things, uh, and uh, and in the same time working with people. So I feel good where I am, and uh, if you ask me where I'm heading, it's it's very difficult to 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 give a straight answer. I would I, I definitely want to continue working with people. And uh, and develop something that is uh, rising the bar, so uh, so uh, definitely I am in position that uh, uh, that uh, gives me these opportunities, and uh, and I would like to continue in this direction. And for those coming, following behind you, what advice would you give to those coming into real estate who maybe want to pursue something around environmental sustainability or sustainability as a whole? I'd say it's it's critical to 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 figure out what you like, what you like to do, and what you like to uh, what you like to pursue, because that's uh, that's I mean th- th- that may sound trivial, but uh, but I believe this is uh, this is something everyone has to figure out, and uh, because that that's something that lets you get out of the bed every morning, and and to do with satisfaction uh what, what what you're expected to do so i think i don't have any specific advice uh to what to do to get there what is definitely important is to is to is curiosity because uh as uh, i think we can we can see as a kind of pattern in our discussion is that uh everything in this field is is very dynamically changing yeah, so not for you if you like the status quo. This is a dynamism in action and sustainability at the moment. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And finally, I wonder if you've got maybe a recommendation for our audience, a business book or a podcast or something similar that has inspired you in terms of your career. One of the, uh, maybe not the first books, but but the, the, the books that uh, impressed me the most is... Uh, not not sure if I can call it a strictly business book, but but that's very much about business. And uh, the book is uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, and that's the that's the history of uh, of uh, Phil Knight who established Nike, and uh, and then developed it to the size more or less it is at the moment. 
So uh, I like uh, the way it's written, and uh, when it comes to looking at the business, I like to to read to um, real histories. So uh, so not the definitions and the golden advices, but but the way people did some things and uh, and learn from them. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly of kind of running a business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a really inspiring conversation and we're really grateful for you joining us on this podcast. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about the other episodes of this series, go to the Young Leaders page on the ULI Europe website. Thank you.